generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Mark chapter 6 from verse 30 to 44. We read at the count of 3, 2. Let's read. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. But the multitude saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place and already the hour is late. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. But he answered and said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the grass, on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks, in hundreds and in fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them and the two fish he divided among them all verse 42 can you read with joy so they all ate and were filled and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fish now those who had eaten the loaves were about I love the entire text but verse 42 is very, very interesting. It says, so they all ate and I always felt like singing Ajakuya, but that's, that's the wrong one. But, you know, they used to say, there's a proverb that says before, they would say Sheti John, rather they would say Sheti Yo before. Now they would say Sheti John, what does that mean? That before the people used to ask, are you full? Are you satisfied? But now just say, have you eaten? <laughs> have bread. Have bread. You know, that, that's the, the Yoruba uh, version of half bread is better than none or something like that. But this is the point. When God throws a feast, everybody eats and everybody is full. In other words, your fullness or your being filled does not rob me of my being filled. 
this is not a competition of whose blessing is going to be bigger than whose blessing this is an establishment that everybody in here is going to be full only seven people receive that one God does not have to starve your neighbor to fill your belly it's not a zero-sum game like he has enough for everybody to enjoy I just want somebody to understand this because this will help you deal with envy and jealousy and rivalry and impatience and maybe God loves him more than her loves her more than me or whatever God wants me to tell somebody we're in a season of multiplication that if you will just remain there if you oh my god I feel like jumping the gun already but see when they start multiplying the bread and fish watch this they start distributing it from one side of the field and so somebody at the back of of the field may have said oh why are they doing professional treatment why are they giving only those who are in front why? it's still coming to you the fact that somebody got their testimony their car their house their healing their breakthrough their baby their husband their wife before you does not mean you won't have your triplets come on somebody does not mean you won't move into your own property come on somebody does not mean you will not write your own book start your own vlog and build your own enterprise it's still coming to you don't get off and bitter and impatient and walk away from the party and say oh they are not serving me quickly if you can just sit down in fact it will so go around that there will be excess after you are full I feel like telling somebody that the miracle is around you and you are about to multiply it might not be for everybody but you know it's who I'm talking to right you feel like why am I the last person to graduate why am I the last person to get married why am I the last person to have a baby why am I the last person to walk in the healing anointing or find clarity for purpose who am I speaking to this morning don't let that word meet you cool calm collected if it's you I'm talking to somebody shall I know it's coming I know it's coming I know it's coming I know it's coming it may have started from one side because watch this if there were 5,000 men there were possibly more women and there are possibly more children and there are only 12 disciples so if 12 people had to resource 5,000 people that's about 1 to 40 people one disciple to 42 or so people God has already distributed the material you're worrying about He has already made provision for it. So turn your worry to worship. Turn your worry to worship. Before I begin to break down the text, let me establish something real quick for those who might still have certain arguments in their minds as to what this multiplication is all about. I'm teaching this morning or preaching this morning. I've been teaching all month long. I'm going to be preaching more this morning. On the multiplier effect. Somebody say multiplier effect. Can you say like you believe it? One of the very first things that we see God, in fact, the very first thing that we see God saying to man after he makes man, he said that God made man in his image after his likeness, and God said to man, what should you do? Be fruitful. In other words, be full of fruits. 
<laughs> it is not a suggestion. It is not something that you should consider. It is not something that is quite advisable. It is a command. God has commanded the believer, be fruitful. Be full of fruit. Can you look at somebody and say, be full of fruit? God did not say be full of excuses. <laughs> As to why you can't bear fruit. And I'm going to show you some things in the text. Don't blame it on the economy. Don't blame it on the Bruha or the Buhari. The command was a universal command. God knew that certain economies would be bad at certain times. But he did not modify his instruction to fit into the context of any nation. It says, be fruitful. Be full of fruit. You are not full of excuses. You are full of fruit. You are not full of pain. You are full of fruit. You are not full of disappointment. For something like, well, the reason I stopped producing is I got disappointed. You know, people would, would owe me a lot of money and all of that kind of thing. So I just say, you know, it's easier for me not to be fruitful. Let me just manage myself. I've heard people say things like me. I don't want to be rich. I just want to be comfortable. Which oftentimes is rooted in selfishness. Because if you're just comfortable, you're thinking about yourself. But the promise is good measure pressed now shouldn't get run over. Of course, the context in that verse is really not money. But when we see the way God operates, is talking about abundance, overflow, excess, more than enough, going above and beyond. He said, but fruitful. And many believers understand that place of being fruitful, but many of us don't progress to the next thing. He said, he commanded them in the same breath, be fruitful and multiply proliferates replicates have many expressions oh my goodness multiplies from two words multi which means many ply which means to move so you say I'm plying equal to roads right or I'm plying third mainland bridge or I'm plying Carter bridge what does it mean to ply to move. So multiply means to move in many directions. So when you produce that fruit and you call it orange, you can move that fruit as orange fruit. You can move it as orange juice. Come on somebody. Because the reason some of you are stuck in certain areas of your life is that you are fruitful but you're not multiplying. And so when orange fruit is no longer selling that much, you don't have juice for the people who want it. Oh, I said I didn't want to teach, so I'm teaching now. Are you getting this? You can move it as orange topping. Orange flavor. Orange, what else? Pellets. Orange smoothie. Tell me, orange cake, orange, 
mind's jam. Could it be possible that whilst you're celebrating about how you're moving, this is a metaphor by the way, how you're moving 1,000 1, tons of orange fruit, you are leaving 20,000 tons of other orange varieties that God wants you to look into. My assignment this morning is not just to celebrate the fruitfulness in your life, but to challenge you to say that that fruitfulness can move in different ways. It can move in different forms. It can move in different expressions. If you're not ready for it, please keep on looking like you're presenting your final year defense but if you know that you're ready for it slap somebody a whole burning high five and tell that person multiply multiply whatever it is you're doing you can multiply it you write a book you can turn to an ebook an audiobook a coaching course an online course come on somebody even before technology God already knew what multiplication you could have come on somebody in the fashion industry it can be a fashion designer a textile consultant come on an image consultant a beauty girl. who am I speaking to and whilst you're busy complaining that people are no longer buying your fruit God is saying can you make some orange juice right now can you look beyond yourself can you multiply can you stop blaming me I already put everything on the inside of you and if you can dig deep enough you're going to find something that will meet the demands of your day some of you your fruit is no longer having the traction that the economy demands it needs to take a different form a football player no matter how great he is if he keeps on trying to play for his national team at 45 is going to make mockery of his family name. I'm not talking about 45, 45 football age. So what do they do after a while? They transition to coaching. Some of you need to transition in your business and in your career and in your space. Because that thing that you're stuck doing, they've been doing for 10 years or 7 years or 5 years, can no longer deliver the value that the construct of your life now requires. Oh God. Look at somebody say multiply. He said, multiply, that was the command. And then it said, replenish the earth. In other words, understand this, that if you're going to replenish the earth or fill the earth, you will never do it by just being fruitful. If you want to be the biggest person in your family, just be fruitful at home. But if you want to serve families, if you want to resource people, if you want to be a blessing to your generation, you cannot just be fruitful. Yes, you have to multiply. Yes, you have to move in many directions. You have to take that kuli kuli and make <laughs> granite oil. <laughs> got to multiply that. Video, you've got to multiply. The outfit. Now, by the way, it's not just what you're producing that you can multiply. You can also multiply different levels of the market. Because some of you, you are selling only to fresh graduates. And they don't have the resource to appreciate the value. It does not mean you abandon them because the young shall grow. Oh my goodness. You know, there's some of you who are in your early 20s in this place, and people look at you and say, You're so young. Another five years, you're going to be mommy. <laughs> oh, can I talk to somebody? 
You, got, you, you, you didn't say amen to that? Somebody didn't say amen to that. You know it's not automatic. <laughs> it's not automatic. <laughs> Multiply. In what ways have I become comfortable with my fruit? And I've lost sight of the multiplication instruction that God gave all of humanity. In what ways? In what ways? It says multiply. In the book of Genesis 22, 15 to 18, God spoke to Abraham through an angel. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham. Run pretty fast now. Genesis 22, 15 to 18. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, by myself... I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, what did he say I would do? Blessing, blessing I will in blessing. What will happen? I will multiply the blessings of your life by adding blessing to your blessing. By putting blessing on your blessing. <laughs> How does God add blessing to your blessing? There are many ways. But one of the things is this. That when you are blessed and you begin to work with your hands, he blesses the works of your hands. So by the works of your hands, he adds blessing to the blessing you already have. That's why the enemy wants you to be lazy and just dance, quote unquote, in grace. And bless them, bless them, bless. Bless them, bless them, bless. In blessing, I will bless you. He doesn't stop there. It says in multiplying. Come on, somebody read that. Thy seed. Watch that. We're going to need it later. As the stars of the heaven. And as the sand which is upon the seashore. What's going to happen? And because I don't want to jump the gun, but let me just throw this there. This there obedience is the key to multiplication. Obedience, but we'll get there later. He said, I'm blessed now, bless you. In your seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Notice what he does not say. He does not say in your fruit. He says in your seed. Why? Because for your fruit to multiply, that fruit must become a seed. So when Jesus came as a branch of the planting of the Lord, the root and the stem of Jesse, he did not just come as the fruit of salvation. He came as a seed. John chapter 12. He said except a grain of wheat falls to the. He didn't just come as a harvest. Thank you. He came as a seed. Why? Because when God wants to move it to another level. He will call for what you thought was a harvest from the last season. To become a seed for the next season. Hmm. <laughs>
Are you getting over here? Yes, sir. Are you getting it? This is why just when you become comfortable with walking with God on a certain level, he's going to call you to make a sacrifice, to break up a relationship, to give a seed, to move out of a place, uh, an environment, to do something you haven't done before. It is because he does not just want you to get comfortable with eating the fruit and drinking the fruit juice. It's because he wants to turn the fruit they become comfortable with into a seed that is going to use to create your future because there is no multiplying without the seed. There is no multiplying without something in the ground. The seed will abide alone except it falls to the ground and dies. So dying in obedience is the pathway to multiplication. Look at somebody say, God wants you to multiply. Some of you, your voices have dropped. Shout, God wants you to multiply. Genesis 26, 1 to 5. Genesis 26. One to five. So God spoke to Adam, the fruitful multiply. God said to Abraham, I'm going to multiply and bless and I will bless you. God speaks to Isaac. So it's not just a mandate that was supposed to end with one person. It wasn't just a mandate that was supposed to end with Abraham, the father of faith. Even his descendants were to carry that DNA. Genesis 26, 1 to 5. What does it say? There was a... Somebody read this like you can see it. Beside, look at your neighbor. Say economic hardship had been happening for a long time. Look at somebody else. Say financial famine has been happening for a long time. God is not moved by the fact that it's now one dollar to 365 naira. By the way, the famine of your nation cannot neutralize the blessing of your spirit. Let me announce the louder I said the famine of your nation, I feel a prophetic anointing, will not neutralize the blessing of the covenant of God concerning your life. Before there was Dow Jones, before there was Nasdaq, before there was Nigerian Stock Exchange, before there was any listing anywhere, before there was any kind of shipping embargo or embargo or custom duties rise or before there was any kind of fake taxation and bank charges and crooked instruments in, in, in injected into the economic landscape let me tell you what God already blessed you my blessing preceded the hardship of the economy I feel like preaching I said my blessing preceded the complication of my nation my blessing predates it my blessing came before it and what came after is not going to undo what God over the deed. I feel like telling somebody that the famine is exactly the place, place where God wants you to be because the blessing is best proven when the conditions are harsh. If the condition is favorable, then wouldn't know what was responsible for your growth, for your increase, for your expansion for your enlargement, for your differentiation, for your distinction. The words in the book of Psalms that God called a famine because of Joseph. There had to be a famine for the wisdom in Joseph to be appreciated and valued. Oh my God. To be on full display. 
Some of you don't believe it. If you believe it, shout this famine is working for me. Shout it louder, this famine is advancing God's purpose for my life. God wants me to multiply. The famine is not an excuse. In fact, the famine is an encouragement. The what's on the inside of me is even more valuable than I thought. That it can break the harsh ground and the crooked grounds of difficulty and shame and lack. I can break through this. I can crack through this. It is tough, but my anointing is tougher. It is, it is difficult, but my, the investments in me are more stubborn than the situation around me. There is something on my life that can break it. When God wired me and coded me, he saw the times before the times before my times and he knew that what he was putting in me was strong enough to create something a bend, a, a fracture, a break in the systems of men. I don't know who this one is for this morning but let me just prophesy to you. Your biggest break is going to come in the last quarter of this year. You will literally see multiplication. You will literally experience it. You will literally walk in it. You will literally swim in it. You are in the name of Jesus. Be it unto you according. So there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. Abraham was the person that God said, In blessing, I will bless you. And what happened in his day? Tell me, what happened in his day? There was a famine. So is God lying? God says, I'm going to bless you, and then there's a famine. It means the famine is a setup for the blessing. <laughs> for the expression of the blessing. It is not the famine that brings the blessing, but it's the famine that allows the superiority of the blessing to gain traction without you talking too much. People are going to see you and say, we can't understand why it's in the last quarter of the year that everything is happening rapidly for you this may not be for everybody but if it's for you your amen ought to be stronger than that the famine was in the land what did god say to adam be fruitful multiply and fill the land in other words the famine on the land will not dissolve my blessing the blessing of god upon my life will overcome the famine in the land i don't know about you but i'm making a demand on the blessing on my life isaac went unto abimelech king of the philistines unto Jerah, and the lord appeared unto him and what does the lord say the lord said do not go down to tell me why he said you should leave in the land of which you shall tell you dwell in this land and i will be with you and bless you so what blesses people is not the land they're in I was in New York last month and I saw people 
sleeping on the streets. Homeless people. America land of the free. Free to sleep outside. Freedom of homelessness. Of course, I'm not saying everybody in America is homeless. I'm just saying that it's not the land. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. Adds no sorrow to it. It says, I will give unto thy seed all these countries and in thy seed. Does this sound like what God had said to Abraham? What God said to Adam, what God said to Abraham, what God said to Isaac, God is saying to you. God has not doctored his promises to fit into the 21st century. My goodness. He hasn't modified his approach to his children based on the ruling party or the political system or the environmental factors or the family construct or the DNA or the genetic predisposition or composition. He has not modified that. He said, all in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Why? Because that Abraham obeyed my voice. Do you see that again? Obedience. And he kept my charge and commandments, my statutes and my laws. Look at somebody say, God wants you to multiply. If you go to the book of Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 19 quickly. Jeremiah 30 verse 19. Here's what it says. Jeremiah 30 verse 19. Then out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. And the voice of them that make merry. What will happen? is he talking about who is he talking about who is he talking about you see just saying me I believe that you have a name Sometimes we read the Bible and think, well, it's talking about Bible people, it's talking about prophets of old, it's talking about people. He says, Those who proceed out of them shall proceed thanksgiving, and I and the voice of them that make merry. What am I gonna do? I will multiply them, and they shall not be few. But this kind of multiplication is not the kind where you dilute them as they multiply. So you remember how many remember Ribena? Some of you might not even remember treetop. Tasted time. What remember taste of time? Boarding house, secondary school, you pack that. Now you mise your tasted time. You have to keep it under the lowest part of your suitcase or your box, as the case may be. And then what happens to the taste of time? Pardon? Tell me, tell me. All right. Now, when you want to share it, you sort of like have to dilute a little bit of it. Now, if you're doing your part, your birthday thing, in GS1 or GSD, trying to impress your friends and have a lot of money, but you have the Paco biscuits, you know Paco biscuit? Everybody knows Paco. 
carbon biscuits. So you buy that square <laughs> carton thing, you open it, then you have to share it. Who remembers how many pieces of biscuits were in? 96! Because there were 24 in four rows. <laughs> this man, you must have been miserly a lot. Okay? You'd have been counting it. <laughs> Look at somebody say, yeah. Olusha was mising. So, so you have the night of six. So you used to count every other day, right? So who had already? Maybe even used to dye the biscuits. You stain the ones that you had in. In a way. Now, so, so you get the cabin biscuits and then you get your Ribena or your Tree Top or your Fanta or your Taste of Time. And your plan was to have maybe 10 friends to come. So you felt that one bottle was going to be enough to go around. By the time you dilute it in a little one liter jar or something, you go around. Then your friends brought their friends. So it was now 20 people. And you had to give everybody something. So what happened was that you poured more water than necessary. And so the integrity of the tasted time was damaged. It now became corrupt. It lacked staying power. It was a misrepresentation of the drink world. That is the blessing of man. When man multiplies, he has to dilute. But when God multiplies, he said there shall not be few, but there will also not be small. So God's multiplication, when it increases the quantity, he does not diminish the quality. Some of y'all didn't hear what I said. Oh, you don't hear what I just said. Some of you are too quiet for this kind of service. You're just sitting down. This is not a note-taking service. This is a prophetic engagement service. You already know when we're wrapping up a series, it's more prophetic. You've been writing notes all month long. This is the time to say, I received that. I claim that. I possess this. I'm walking in that. So somebody, look at your neighbor and say, as God is increasing the quantity, it's not reducing in quality. As the quantity is increasing, we are not becoming weaker. We are not becoming intimidated. We are not becoming indisciplined. We are not becoming broken. As the quantity is increasing, the quality is increasing. Whatever the Lord does shall be forever. I feel like telling somebody, don't be scared of employing more people. Don't say I can manage only one staff. God is about to give you four staff, ten staff. And you will have the capacity and the wisdom and the salary and the innovation to take care of them. When God said in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Some of you who are business people, when you employ more people, you're feeding more families. Are you hearing what I'm saying? High five somebody and tell them the quality is not dropping. 
if you are a singer as you are singing more you're not losing your voice as you're releasing your singles and your albums they are not becoming watery songs if you're a business person your business is not breaking down under the weight of the expansion if you're a photographer the more pictures you take the better you become if you are a dancer your bones are not weak or weary come on somebody if you're an evangelist as you preach in the streets more healings more miracles more conviction more souls will be saved high five somebody say I'm not getting smaller I'm getting bigger I'm getting stronger I'm going higher hey Adorosia somebody give God praise in the house some of you shouted that ooh because I said you should shout it but I wanted to think about this and apply it to your life and as you are thinking about what multiplication means in your own context or if, if you are in, in school your grades are about to multiply your connection with your lecturers about to multiply your relevance on the campus about to more come on somebody think about that thing and out of that revelation give the Lord a shh but God is not like Olushaya who has only nine or six pieces of cabin biscuit God has not a six piece of cabin biscuit but has got more biscuits than he can count in his cabin you didn't hear what I just said he's got more biscuits in his cabin in his pantry in his storehouse that's why I said I will open up the windows of heaven and pour you a blessing that you have no room to receive I feel the power of God in this place get ready for supply get ready for streams of increase get ready for all your unique outpouring get ready for more than enough get 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 ready about this God is also multiplying us in numbers you know sometimes God does the numbers with the quality at the same time sometimes when you can see the numbers increasing the quality is increasing so you can see more people but people are becoming more mature so you're still 200 but out of the 200, 170 people have become more mature. Whereas you could actually have 300. And out of the 300, only 17 people are mature. Sometimes God is going to concentrate and condense the treetop and the tasty time and the fanta. He will make it very conk. Somebody say conk. The reason God has not multiplied some of you is that you are not conk enough. Your business model is not conk enough. Your ministry vision is not conk enough. Your passion and devotion, conviction and loyalty are not conk enough. Your resolution, uh, staying power, not conk enough. Your determination and drive, not conk enough. But God is concentrating that and putting pressure on you. Some of you can feel the pressure at home, at work, on the streets. When you study, the pressure is on you. It's because God is about to multiply. God is about to take you to a place you haven't been before enter into policies and places that you never thought places that you thought were in your future high five somebody and say you will multiply
is multiplying you. You know, there are certain things that we put in our future. From early in the year, the Lord began to breathe on my mind, on my heart. You need to get on television. You need to get on television. You need to get on television. And I've just been thinking. And I've been thinking and planning and trying to put some money together and doing this one and that one. I've been thinking about it. And whilst I was thinking about it, the Gracie Vachan video comes out. <laughs> I wanted to understand what I'm about to teach. The video comes out and a TV station comes, X2D, they come and say, this video is so good, we need you to be on television, on a station, on star times. I didn't pay for it, I didn't look for it, I didn't look for networks for it. Boom! The video is on star times, it's running several times a day. Free of charge. Dove TV sent me a message in the course of the week. Now, Dove TV is one of the most watched, not just Christian, most watched TV stations on DSTV. And this, they do that, established artists, gospel artists are reaching out to me and saying, how did you do it? Because they are very selective about songs and artists and they never play this kind of video. It's too colorful, it's too upbeat, it's too jumpy. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> established, I can't mention names, but established gospel artists, they are beginning to do that. God had been telling me get on television. My mind was thinking of going through the door as a preacher. God already knew you could enter through the roof as an artist. So when God said multiply, stop thinking about the direction in which you are thinking. And by the way, I don't know when, but I'm gonna get on television as a preacher as well. But God just took me through that route to tell me I don't need your planning, I don't need your budgeting, I don't need your organization. When I tell you something, you better believe me. I can move you when I'm ready to move you. And if you don't even think about it, I will send people to say, we want to show your stuff. On this morning, the song still played on Cool FM. I don't have to pay for it. We're in the season of multiplying. Somebody say multiply. It is your seed that God multiplies. So my primary expression is preaching and teaching. That's fruit. I've multiplied that into music and singing. That's multiply. And so that seed that is multiplied can get into places where my preaching has not gotten into. Eight months old, eight months old, babies are watching on television. They can't even understand, they're waving their hands. God can use your secondary expression to get you into places where your primary expression will not get you into. God can use that thing you're ignoring and despising and you don't feel you're good enough at to sneak you into a place, my God, that you've never been to before. High five seven people around and tell them multiply. Multiply. I am equal multiply. Kenneth multiply. Joseph multiply. Enoch multiply. Hey, Uncle AY multiply. Hey, Auntie Oyen multiply. And to be 
multiply. Abimbala Oshodi multiply. Shia Bezo multiply. Don't stay with one seed. God's got more plans than you have preparation. Get ready, get ready. Leposura Kataya. I break portals open in the spirit. I tear limitations and barriers off in the spirit. I navigate the realms of the prophetic and I decree and declare. Lift up your hands, all ye gates, and be lifted up ye everlasting doors. And let the King of glory come in. Somebody shout multiply. Don't take me there yet. So I want to teach you a little bit. So I was thinking, and I'm, I'm still thinking. So I'm thinking, best we get on television. Do, do I do the director camera thing? Do we need to invest in lights and put it here and have this one there? It's expensive to get on television. It's like really, really crazy expensive. I'm thinking about all of that. And throughout the year, God has just been saying, go, go, go. And I'm saying to God, God, we need a bigger space. And God, we need that. God knows all the things you're going to think and your brain is too tiny to even think about all the things you think you need to think about somebody say I'm entering through the roof Mark chapter 2 the room was too crowded that space that God has called you to many people are doing it but you're about to discover a way that nobody has done it before. And when you discover that way, you will know that this is God. So the, so the song was on Insta blog, the cruelest blog in Nigeria. And over 95% of people that don't care about you or kings or whatever, positive comments because people that know you will respect you and say oh, this guy is a pastor God has prepared you more than you realize more so God, not only does God want to multiply you financially and increase you and all of that God wants to increase us in the book of Acts chapter 9 verse 31 Acts 9 31 Give us real quick. It says, Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And what happened to them? What happened to them? Somebody tell me that. What happened first? They were? So you are? Before you are? You are? Before you are? You have to be edified before you're multiplied. And so many people want multiplication, but they are not sitting for that conk. God has to conk, not conk your head, as in C-O-N-C, concentrate. Make it concentrated. Remove the filth and the fluff and the water and the things that are not necessary so that it's pure substance. And walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit were multiplied. But how were they multiplied? So look at this Acts chapter 12. Verse 24. You can sit for a few more minutes. But when I start prophesying and all, you can engage. 
bless you. You know why the stare bless you? As in when people sneeze, bless you. I heard that from old England. They felt like every time you sneezed, a part of your spirit escaped. Who's heard that? And then they now say, bless you. Like, you've lost a part of your spirit. And we still say it till today. Now, Acts 12, 24, what does it say? And I want to show you how multiplication happens. Because we can prophesy, multiply, multiply, multiply. What's the multiply effect? What's the cardinal thing that is activating, provoking, responsible for the multiplication? He said, what grew? What grew? What grew? All right. Acts 6 verse 7. Let's now see how the growth of the word became the growth of the people. Acts 6 verse 7. Let's read that together. And the word of God increased. Another one said spread, right? Somebody says spread it. You know when I say go and tell seven people, multiply, what am I doing? We're spreading it. And do you know why? Because sometimes that person that is looking at me is not hearing what I'm saying. Is thinking about a lubo. <laughs> I was going to say something else. Thinking about pancakes, thinking about data, thinking about money, rent, thinking about the herd they just did, they haven't finished paying for it. So when the first person tells them, jolts them out of that state, so who knows what? How many of you know that what I'm saying is just true? So the word of God increased. When it's saying increase, that could be misleading because the word of God is already complete. So the word of God is not growing up. He's not saying the word of God grew up. Ah, the word don't mature. No be jungle. The word of God increased. In other words, people took the word and they start spreading it. They start multiplying it. They start increasing it. And what happened? The number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem. How? Greatly. And a great company of the priests. Who are those priests? Judaic priests. People that did not believe in the Messianic ministry or the Messianic identity of Christ. But they just saw Jesus as another great teacher and all of that. It says that those people were converted. Somebody say great companies will respond to great multiplication. Great multiplication will come as a result of spreading the word. So how will you multiply? The word must be multiplied. So in our texts, I feel like preaching. Mark chapter 6, there is a great multitude of folk. They have been in this place. Jesus has been teaching for hours and hours. In fact, this is an accidental multitude. Let me tell you what. The disciples had been on the missionary journey. And they had seen the outbreak of the power of God. The Holy Spirit was moving. People were getting healed. Things were happening and all of that. Jesus had already told them, don't take any pause. Don't take this one. Don't take that one. I was sustained. So they saw the provision of God. They saw the power of God. And because of that, they were busy. Guess what? The moves of the Spirit will come with more work. When you pray, use me, Lord. Be careful. Because he will use you. 
So you have a right to say use me, but you don't have a right to tell him how. So you all didn't get what I just said. You have a right to say God use me, but you can't tell him how he's going to use you. Because your iron cannot tell you what temperature to set it at. Your gas burner cannot tell you what kind of beans to put on it. So I don't like hard yam. I like soft yam. I don't like blue flame. I like yellow flame. It doesn't happen like that. Somebody say, use me, Lord. So y'all didn't say, throw up your hands to heaven and say, use me, Lord. Well, if the Lord will not use you, that means the devil will use you. That's not an option. Somebody shall use me, Lord. Even though the Lord uses you and gives you more work, guess what happens? Your clothes will not wear out. You will not be crestfallen. You are renewed by being used by the Lord. Come on, somebody. When God uses you, he honors you even when you don't do it excellently. When the devil uses you, he dishonors you even when you do it excellently. God rewards you even when you're not perfect. The devil punishes you even when you're perfect in his purpose. So they were there needing rest and Jesus said to them, you've not had time to rest. So he takes them away from the business of the people. Look at somebody say sometimes the people you need may not be available because they need to rest. Tell the person sometimes the people you need may not be available and it's God making them unavailable. Jesus takes them away from the crowd. But many of them, look at what happens. The word says that when they saw Jesus, when they saw him, that's what the word says. That means, like I told last week, the presence of Jesus is not sufficient to attract everybody. Jesus didn't say, if I'm here, I will draw all men. He says, if I'm, if I'm given visibility, I will draw. Mark chapter 2, the house was full because the people heard. And Mark chapter 6, people came because they saw. Please let people see Jesus on your WhatsApp status. Oh, come on. Because some people won't see him except you put him there. Let people see Jesus on your Instagram. Yes, Find a creative way to put it there. I'm not saying put dove, crown of thorns, and droplets of blood. Come to Calvary. Change your hygiene into Calvary, ambassador plus plus. No, find creative ways. If you're into the garment business, put something about the garment of praise. Find something creative. And the people came, the multitude came, and Jesus began to teach. Do you know what happened? The word says that when Jesus saw them, they were like sheep without shepherd. What does that mean? They were scattered. They were everywhere. There was a shepherd, but it was as if there was none. They were like sheep without shepherd. What was the first thing they did? Did he just start teaching them? Is that the first thing? It says he, he did what? Give us Mark chapter 6. What happened there? We read it. He had compassion. Oh my goodness. 
Teaching without compassion will make you an instructor. You have the facts and the data, but you won't connect. Give me, give me, they went to the third place, but place in the boat by themselves. But the multitude saw them next verse quickly and departed. And many knew him and ran there. Another one says, saw him. They are on foot from all the cities. They arrived before them and came together. Jesus began. Jesus, when he came out, he saw a great multitude and was. In other words, every other thing he did from this point was from the premise of compassion. There's a generation that wants to walk in the miraculous, but they don't really care about the people. That wants to teach, but does not come with passion, with feelings to know the pain of ignorance that then necessitates their need for a teacher. And what does he begin to do? He says, because they were like sheep without shepherd. In other words, living life like a sheep without shepherd is a pitiable thing. He pitied them. What did he begin to do? What did he do? Whenever you see people scattered, they don't know many things. Whenever you, things in your life are scattered, an area of your life is scattered, you don't know many things in that area. You may assume that you know, but if there is consistent disorder in an area of your life, that means you lack illumination to organize that area. Oh, come on, people. So some of you are frustrated with family members thinking that they are disobedient, not knowing that they are ignorant. Because ignorance will bring disorder. And it began to teach them many things. And when the day was now fast spent, the Sabbath said to him, this is a desert place and there is no food. Send the people away. There are two major constraints that hold us back. When it comes to multiplying, number one is this. We think that we're in the wrong place. Or that we're out of place. Or that such things don't happen in this place. That was the first thing. They said, this is a desert place. <laughs> they complain about the place. This is Nigeria. <laughs> Everybody, the angel. Some of y'all don't know that, it's okay. Some things don't happen here. If it was America to happen, if it was Australia to happen, he said, this is a desert place. Please be honest. How many of you at some point in your life, you've said to yourself, if only I was in Canada, my can will not be harder. Come on, people. Oh, come on, be honest. Some of you are in the pool right now. Yeah, you're not telling anybody. You're in the pool. Put yourself in the pool to get out of, Canada, out of Nigeria. Co-deadly. Then the day after you leave, you post a picture. Now closer to God. Winnipeg. I will win with the peg. You see that? So in your mind, I'm not saying that's wrong. If that's how God is leading you, please feel free. Your allegiance is to the kingdom. Before it is to any nation. But if you know God sent you to Nigeria and you're going abroad, you won't go abroad, you go a narrow. A fish is going to swallow you. 
prepared fish and you might land in London but you will not be in your assignment and you can be there for 15, 20, 25 years and when you're 58, 62 in your heart you will know that I finally paid off a mortgage and I'm living in a two, three bedroom house with a heater that is burning me up and you will know to yourself that I missed. You will know. And the people I'm speaking to for somebody that might be an instruction. But if you don't have a sense of calling and you have a legitimate, somebody say legitimate. Legitimate. It's your life. <laughs> somebody the place is deserted. This economy is deserted. This environment is deserted. Some of you feel like this marriage, this relationship, this connection is deserted. You're saying to yourself, it is not the right place. Well, let me tell you something. When God's endorsement is present and God's word is obeyed, any place can qualify for a turnaround. Oh, some of you didn't hear what I said. You're thinking to yourself, this place is not the place. I'm not the kind of person. I'm out of place. I'm, I'm out of my, my comfort zone. Who told you that God needs your comfort zone to do miracles? Who told you that God needs your thinking to do miracles? Who told you that the place has to be prim and proper? Have you forgotten how this earth came to be in the first place? The word says there was darkness and disorder and chaos. But God turned it around as messed up as the planet earth was. It could not neutralize the word of God when God said, let there be light. That is why multiplication starts with the word of God. When the birds and the fish were multiplied, it was the word. Oh, who am I speaking to? It was the word that multiplied them. So when God's word is coming, that's the seed for multiplication. That's the seed that something is about to blow up in your space. That's the seed that you're not going to leave the same way you came. Who am I preaching to? You've gone into your quiet mode over that told you that this one is not for the quiet complacent kind of people it is for those who are engaging the word of prophecy as violently and as passionately the word says the kingdom of heaven suffered violence some of you are too calm for what your destiny requires you are too comfortable too coordinated help me go to three people like an admiral that has been anointed by god and tell that person you will multiply you will multiply you will multiply you will multiply the place is not the problem your focus is the problem the place is not the problem in the same Nigeria where people are complaining the Lebanese are flying in the Chinese are flying in the Americans have you been to Radisson Blue lately have you been to a hotel lately have you seen the Indians and the Chinese and the, give me the Japanese and the Americans in the same land where you are running away to go and become a slave. Their slaves are coming here to become kings in the same place. God is going to raise some of us so massively that the world will wonder in the same place in the world. Worldly music. Their stars are now dying to collaborate with your secular stars. It is not the place that is the problem. It is your focus that is the problem. The place is deserted, but in this deserted place, me, I will walk in the miraculous. The place is deserted, but in this deserted place, I will see multiplication. The same, the place is deserted, but in this place, he said, send them away. I'm not sending them away. In fact, I'm telling them 
tongue. I've got more anointing than I have people. I'm, you don't hear what I'm saying? I need more empty vessels to pour into. The proof of your anointing is not how well you relate with people who are full and okay. It is people who are empty, who are broken, who are confused. Your anointing, if it's really strong, it will bring light and darkness. It will bring order and confusion. When Jesus said, I've been anointed with fresh oil, the first said to preach good news to the poor. Now, that good news is not just that you will do well, you prosper. The poor in ancient Israel were outcasts in society. People believed that God had not blessed them. In other words, the good news was not supposed to get to them normally. Because they couldn't do much with it. Are you following this? But God said the first category of people that I'm going to minister to are the outcasts. Outcast. So whilst you're busy complaining that I don't have enough, what you have is prosperity in the land of the poor. The first thing is the place. Look at somebody say, okay. The place is okay. The place is all right. I know it's dry, but there is a river that makes glad the city of God. I know it's dry, but there are fountains. I know it's dry, but there's a river whose streams bigger. I know it's dry, but out of your belly shall flow rivers of life-given water. I know it's dry, but there is an unveiling, an unblocking. There is going to be a release of something you haven't seen before. High-five your neighbor till their palms turn red and tell them the place is good enough for a miracle it's good enough Joseph for a miracle the second excuse that many of us use that we don't get multiplication what did they say after the place of the, the what tell me they said what is is what Already late, your womb is damaged. Already late, you're older than 26, and the only one people who are 24 years and younger for the job. Already late, you uh, need to finish service on time and get out of our facility. Already late, it's already late. You're already too old to start the vlog, to start your business. You've wasted your best years. You've lost your. That was what they were saying. Some of you are saying right now already late for my master's degree maybe I'll become a mistress instead of having my master's that devil is a liar already late to have a PhD already late to put money together to invest in stock already too late to buy my own property already too late to pray for my mother and see her recover from cancer already late well let me tell you something for the ancient of days no time is too late for the one who was before the foundations of the earth no time is too late for the one who created time do you know who we are talking about he created time that means that he can manipulate it he can alter it he can command the sun to stand still he can extend a day he can shorten an hour he can multiply 
I said it's not too late. It does not matter what they told you. It's not too late. It's not too late. You will walk in that anointing. It's not too late. You will walk on that project. It's not too late. You will multiply in abundance. It's not too late. You will get married sooner than later. It's not too late. Your sister will carry a baby in her womb. You will have your own children. Yes, you have the abortion. When you are in the world, you have the abortion. But there is a surgery. Who works without penicillin? Who works without scalpel? He's well who performs surgery right now. As I'm preaching, healing is taking place. It's not too Will you help me spread this word? Go to seven people, tell them it's not too late. Look at them and say it with concentration and focus. It's not too late. 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 Don't take me slow yet. It's not too late. Somebody needs to hear that. You did the interview, they gave you bad reviews, they told you we'll get back to you, it's been three weeks now. I say as a prophet of God, it's not too late. That boss will apologize, that employer will come looking for you. It's not too late. I know some of you don't even really believe it, but God is gonna shock you in the next seven days, next seven days, next seven. I said, it's not. It's not too late. They said, send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages. Listen, and buy themselves bread for they have nothing to it. God is bringing people to you who are asking to help them solve the same problems that you have. Jesus must have been hungry. He had been teaching all day. The disciples must have been hungry. The people were hungry. One of the ways in which God shows you your true capacity is that he brings people with requests that you don't think you can grant. We're like, we're all hungry, folks. You're hungry, I'm hungry. Hungry squared, H squared. Your hunger, my hunger is deeper than your hunger. Another old thing, I'm hungry. Oh, I'm damn pleased to meet you. The solution for your generation is encoded in your spirit. But some of you didn't get that. What does Jesus say? But he answered and said to them, what did he say? You! What should you do? Look at somebody. Say, give them something to eat. Let me apply. Look at somebody. Say, give them the deliverance they need. Give them the salvation they need. Give them the counsel they're hungry for. Let's take it another way. Say, give them the job they're looking for. Let me prophesy. There is somebody in the service who does not have a job. But by this time next year, you'll be employing not one, not two, not three. I'm talking about four or five jobs. If I am a prophet of God, if I am a prophet of God, I proclaim. 
claim that somebody is going to testify. You don't have the job where you're going to create it. You don't have the office where you're going to move into one. You don't have the space where you're going to give them something to eat. Somebody shout, yeah, 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 yes. God is placing a demand on your deposits. They were acting like me. Shall we go and raise money for television? Shall we go? I went to observe and send them to the village. In other words, they were saying the solution is not with us. God is saying the solution is with you. And do you know what? Me, I created you and I created this place. So I know what's in you. And I know the answer is here. We have a heavy project in front of us. Do you know what the solution is? Don't worry, I'll tell you what the project is next week. You know what the solution is? It is here. It is here. It is here. Shall we go and buy? Somebody give me the modern day translation of 200 denarii worth of bread. Quickly. Through Google or something like that. $40 back then. So by the time you recalibrate to the net present value of money, it's possibly going to be thousands of dollars. So they sat down in ranks. No, no, help me. Go, go back. Don't, don't jump. It said, go. But it said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and... Do you know what Jesus was saying? I already know there are loaves here. You only need to go and see. Did you get that? They hadn't searched. But God said the loaves are there. Somebody, the jobs are there. You have just not found the boy because in the 5,000 plus people, 5,000 men, there was a boy, according to the Matthew's account, there was a boy who had five loaves of bread and two fish. One boy, one boy. God is so interesting. He puts the solutions grown men are looking for in the hands of little boys. While kings look at you and they say you're teenagers, you're in your twenties. Well, the solution for grown men in Nigeria is right here in this room with 19 year olds and 24 year olds and 27 year olds. God has put a love in your hand. My God, God has put a love in your hand and you are the only person who cannot see how valuable it is. You're the only person. So go and see what you have. Don't tell me what you don't have. Go and see what you have. Do you go and see what you have? Jimmy, go and see what you have. Sir, what's your name? Samuel, go and see what you have. And Tabima, go and see what you have. Go and see what you have. How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, what did they say? Can I announce something to somebody? Listen to this. Don't get distracted. Listen, everybody. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Some of you are distracted. Listen to this. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? Huh? What, what, before I said, how many loaves? What did they find? Loaves and? 
Whenever God tells you go and look for bread, you already have fish in mind. Some of you missed that. Whenever God said go and look for bread, he already knows that there's fish there. But it's the attitude of a seeker that finds more than what they ask him to look for. Oh my God. So you're busy looking for just a nice man who is God-fearing and who is gentle, but you don't know there is a loaded ministry with the anointing of God in that man. Whilst you're crying and complaining, when you search and go and find him the place of prayer, as you begin to pray, you begin to hear the prophetic words for a man you haven't met yet because you're not just waiting, but you're praying and presenting that before the Father. For every time God sends you to go and look for loaves, get ready for fish. In simpler language, get ready to discover more than you're looking for. You will find more than you're looking for. You will find more. You will find more. In the second service, I'll teach some more things here. And we'll pray. Find, found five loaves and two fish. They got extra. We're in a season of extra. And when you go through the flow, you discover something. That those five loaves of bread and two fish multiplied. Till the field, the whole space. God is bringing into your life the multiplier effect. Every word you have received, the capacity to multiply itself. I showed you those scriptures, the word multiplied, then disciples multiplied, then a great company of people were converted because there was great multiplication based on the spread of the word. It's amazing how you take God for granted and then you blame him for not walking in the multiplication that is word delivered into your spirit in the first place. If you will spread that word through your entire system. Many of us have not taken this thing so seriously. Is that you have exponential expansion? Do you have it on any of your devices? Do you have a picture of it? Do you have a graphic of it? Do you have a wall with it? Do you have it on your notepad or your wall? Do you have it? Do you have a leap anywhere there? This is how you spread it. Deuteronomy 6 said, put it upon the lintels, the doorposts. Wear it in your front, between the front of your eyes. Put that on. What is this saying? He's saying spread the word. And that spread is not just evangelism because it's difficult for you to spread to somebody else. You have not spread to yourself. So one of the things that Jesus did in this miracle, he said, bring them to me. I'll explain that in the second service. But do you know what Jesus said? He broke it to them. And what did they do? He said, go and spread it. He said, let them sit in companies of fifties and hundreds and ranks. What was Jesus doing? Showing them the process of multiplication. Jesus could have caused rain, to, a rain of bread to come upon them. But I want to teach them systemic multiplication. How to spread. How to take responsibility for what you have in your hand. And watch God grow it by faithful delegation or distribution. Is somebody getting this? He could have just had a massive loaf of bread drop from heaven. But he's saying no. For the next stage I'm taking you to as a church, you need systems and structures and divisions and ranks. And I am not Jesus. I'm not, Jesus is not the one that will feed everybody directly. 
In other words, we're coming to a season where Pastor Dami is not going to be the one teaching everybody. Or asking everybody, why do you show up late? Or why? That's not my job now. My job is to be like Jesus. His hands. Thank God for what we have. And distribute to faithful people. Where are the faithful people? Here. What does that mean? The Lord is leading us to reach a billion people. That means the 200 people that come in Sundays now. In both services. Are going to be part of the front line of the distribution system. So we're in that season. Where you must see yourself. As a faithful steward. And a divinely delegated distributor. Of little. Because you're going to watch it grow. You're going to watch it grow. Somebody give God praise. Can you just say, God, my hands are available. And pray in a minute. One minute. You're in that place of multiplication. There's nothing wrong with the place and there's nothing wrong with the time. The Spirit of God said to me a while ago, is that every generation comes with challenges. But every generation is also equipped with the skill sets and anointings to tackle the challenges of their times. So all the perversion and corruption, negativity and bitterness you see, our generation is equipped with anointings and gifts to tackle it. God never puts you in a desert without putting five loaves of bread and two fish somewhere. There's always bread and fish somewhere. There's always bread and fish somewhere. Lord, we give you praise and glory. We thank you, Lord. We honor you. We adore you. We surrender our loaves and our fish. We surrender our hearts and our lives. And we thank you. Because in the season, we're having manifold expressions of multiplication. Multiplication. It's not going to be a concept that we announce. It's going to be the ongoing reality of our lives. We will not hide our loaves. We will not keep our fish away. We will release our loaves and our fish. And we will experience the supernatural power of God. Multiplying things across the world. I give you praise Lord. Jesus' name. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908 123 4566. One more thing. Someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.